Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, this month, we have been talking about spring cleaning, and the month of April gets warmth in the air, and we start thinking about mowing the yard and vacation times and all those kind of things. And what comes to a lot of people's minds is we've gotten through the winter, and now it's time to go through the closets and the garage and get rid of stuff. It's time for some good old-fashioned spring cleaning. And that idea also applies to us spiritually. There are things that sometimes we've just kept around in our lives and our hearts for a long, long time. And when we look in our Bible, it's time to get rid of those things. And so what we've done in this little series this month is we've talked about anger and how we need to put anger out of our lives. We've talked about a person's past and how our past can really hinder us and even destroy the today and the tomorrow of our lives because we keep holding on to those things. Then we talked about dishonesty or lying and how that needs to be put out of our lives as well. And so as we wrap this little series up, there's one other lesson that we need to talk about, and that's the idea of self, uh, the idea of being selfish and too much of self. And that just is illustrated all through our society and our culture today. Everything's about the individual person. And when we look in our scriptures as disciples of Jesus, we see a totally different picture. And so as we're in this mood of spring cleaning and cleaning out stuff and getting rid of stuff, one of the things we need to get rid of is a selfish attitude that keeps us from what God wants us to be. Yeah, we sing a hymn that walks us through from full of self all the way to what we ought to all be striving for as disciples of Jesus. And maybe that hymn, Roger, will set us up well. It's an old hymn written all the way back in 1874. But the sentiment, the dangers, but also the blessings, they are just as relevant today as ever. I want you to listen to this progression. Verse 1 begins, Oh, the bitter pain and sorrow that a time could ever be when I proudly said to Jesus, All of self and none of thee. Let me just pause there for a moment. When it's all of self and none of thee, it may feel good in the moment, but the hymn writer has highlighted, and I think accurately so, bitter pain and sorrow that can come as a result. Now, what makes the hymn a beautiful piece of, uh, of encouragement for disciples of every generation is it describes a process, right? This spring cleaning, if you will. Verse 2, we're moving in the right direction. Uh, speaking of Jesus, yet he found me. I beheld him bleeding on the accursed tree, and my wistful heart said faintly, some of self and some of thee. I, I see something in Jesus and his sacrifice for me that stops me in my track and gets me thinking, maybe there's a better way. Verse three, day by day, there's the process, right? Here's this cleaning, spring cleaning we're thinking about. Day by day, his tender mercy, healing, helping, full and free, brought me lower while I whispered, less of self and more of thee. Now we're into the territory of humility, meekness, 
humbling myself beneath God's mighty hand. And then finally, it's opposite, upside down of the world, right? The world says if you want to experience the highest of highs, you've got to assert yourself. Make yourself number one. But listen to this concluding verse. Higher than the highest heavens, deeper than the deepest sea, Lord, thy love at last has conquered none of self and all of thee. Roger, why is that? First of all, that progress, that process, absolutely essential to the life of discipleship. And why is it the best possible end? Well, first of all, it's best because it just echoes the words of Jesus. As he described discipleship in Luke chapter 9, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, again, the order of those words are important. Follow Jesus, but full of myself, well, I may not want to go everywhere Jesus wants me to go. I may not do everything Jesus wants me to do. And what's going to be crossing through my mind over and over is what do I get out of it? Why should I? And so the words of Jesus is he talks about discipleship begins first with denying self. And so in that hymn, as wonderful as it is, we can't be satisfied with verse 2 or verse 3. Yeah. I mean, having a little bit of Jesus in me is good, but I still have too much of me in me. And having 50-50, half Jesus, half me, still's not good enough because there's going to be things that come up and say, you know what, I, I just don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. And everything is driven by I, by me. That's how I view everything. And so when we get void of ourselves, we start seeing things through the eyes of Jesus. What a difference that makes. Yeah, to borrow from Galatians chapter 2, I can't be half crucified, right? <laughs> you, you you don't read about in the days of Jesus somebody being half crucified. It is a, a whole experience physically in the ancient world. And, of course, it is a whole experience spiritually when Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So is it possible, Jason, for someone to be a selfish Christian? Yeah, well, I think it is possible for Christians to struggle with selfishness, no doubt. I mean, just because I'm a disciple of Jesus does not mean that self will not continue to be an obstacle at times. In my marriage, in my efforts as a parent, in my interaction with brothers and sisters in Christ, even interaction with people in the world who very much have their minds set on the things of this world, but I would say it's very much like saying, well, is it possible to be a worldly Christian? No, 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 no. I am in the world. I am. I have to follow along with, uh, leaning again on the example of the Apostle Paul, I die daily. That is the, the, the pattern of behavior, the mindset that we have to have, but I can't lean on, well, you know, I was raised 
raised by selfish people. I've always just kind of been been bent in a selfish direction. And this is kind of who I am. And, And Jesus is going to have to take me as I am. No, just like that hymn documents for us, it is a process, an ideal toward which we are reaching none of self and all of thee. And this is not a... American problem. This is not new to this generation, this culture. This is something sprinkled all through the Bible. Uh, this is something that we have to deal with. We have to understand that we are not the center of the universe. Everything does not revolve around us. And so there's a lot of passages that just kind of remind us of this wonderful concept of being selfless, giving God everything. Philippians chapter 2 comes to my mind. Verse 3 and verse 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And so right there, that's going to, it's going to open my eyes up. And so maybe I'm okay. Maybe I don't need anything, but the guy next to me might. And if I'm only thinking about myself, I'm not going to see him. I'm not going to think about him. So the idea of spring cleaning, getting rid of self, is being able to see things as God does and to open our eyes in that direction. Yeah, this quarter we've talked a lot, or this this series, this month, we've talked a lot about clutter, (laughs) right? How easily clutter can build up over the fall and the winter. And we just get to the point in the spring where it feels like it's time to throw some stuff away. It's time to purge. Well, just like that, selfishness can build and build and kind of like a a pipe you know when it's brand new coming down through your your drainage system your sink whatever it is it's nice and clean and there's plenty of water that can flow through it but over time if we don't pay attention if we don't engage in preventative maintenance then very easily that can get clogged with selfishness, our hearts, our spirits, our attitudes. So Roger, okay, what are some preventative maintenance sort of things? What, what, what do we need to be mindful of on this front? Well, I think one of the first things that comes to our mind is, is how much we talk about ourselves. Okay. I mean, uh, you get in some conversations and some people just, all they want to do is talk about themselves and their family and themselves and themselves and themselves. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> what about this person you're talking to? You ever, yeah. you, do, do you engage him or is he just there to listen? And that that's a telltale sign right there. And do I listen to others? And am I concerned about others? When I pray my prayers, is it only about me or do I pray about the church? Do I pray about people I know that are not Christians or am I all my prayers just about me? Yeah. Those, those are some signs right there that I, my, my pipes might be getting clogged with too much self. Yeah, yeah. I think of how I feel about someone that has something I would like to have and I don't have it, how I deal with jealousy. You know, a lot of times I'm afraid we think of jealousy from the standpoint of, well, that's what kindergartners and first graders struggle with, or maybe even high school students. No, adults very much struggle with. We know Paul in Romans chapter 12 calls us not just to weep with those who weep, but to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so what 
flashes through my spirit when someone gets something that I would love to have, but I don't have, or is able to enjoy something that I've never been able to enjoy, go somewhere. I would love to go, but I've never been able to go. That that flash in my spirit is a good, maybe we could compare it to a pressure release valve, right? Am I to the point where, well, I don't have that, but I'm I'm full of joy that they are. Or is there, are there flashes of jealousy and resentment because of what I see? You know, awfully easy again in the age of social media to look at what everybody else is enjoying and not rejoice with them, but to have really unhealthy things bubbling in my heart. Absolutely. You know, and, and that Romans 12 passage you referred to about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, there's a couple other verses that just jump out in that section that helps us. Verse 10 of Romans 12, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. That idea of preference you, you, you got, you got one piece of candy and you got two kids. Who's going to get it? Well, it could be a dog fight there or one lets the other to take it. It's, right. it's the idea I think about. I'm thinking about you. The selfless person wouldn't even have that thought. He's, he sees it. He wants it. I'm going to take it. And I don't care if you don't have it because I'm only thinking of self. And then in verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. And right in there may be one of the problems with uh, selfishness is the idea of being haughty. Yeah. A little bit too much pride, too much of self, as that hymn says. And when we start getting rid of those things, thinking less of self and more of others, how can I help someone else? then we're starting to get on the right track as God wants us to be on. You know, you just used the word wise or wisdom, and and that makes me think of another classic passage along these lines. James chapter 3, in verse 13, the Spirit leads James to ask, Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have, listen to this, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Roger, there's a sense that jealousy and selfish ambition, it's kind of like the ugly fountainhead of some of the worst sort of human behaviors imaginable. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Sure does sound like this is going to come down to personal, individual choices, how I choose to look at myself 
and others. And I think the more of the Lord we put in us, the more of the Bible we study, the more of the Gospels, we just look where Jesus went. We look at who Jesus is with and all those things. The more that we get in us, the more of ourselves we get out of us. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key. And, and so one of the things we're looking at as we talk about getting rid of self is understanding that what drives me, what motivates me is going to be a sense of what's right. Uh, Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5, we make it our ambition to please the Lord. And so when you start thinking about what's the right thing to do, it may not be convenient. It may not be something I really want to do, but I'm not driven by what I want anymore. I'm driven by what's right or what God wants me to do. And so we don't we don't ask these questions, do I have to, or what's in it for me, or why should I? Those are the questions that come out of somebody who's selfish. The, the uh, person who's full of Christ is going to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Let me be the one to do these things. And that, that again, will be illustrated so many different ways. You see within the congregation uh, a need coming up. Uh, maybe there's going to be a work party. Maybe there's a VBS coming, some different activities, and we need some volunteers. Well, you see it immediately right there. I, why should I? Why should I, why should I give up my time to do this? That's selfless that, or selfish. The selfless person is going to say, sure. And I may take a Saturday. I need to do this. I may have to come in some evenings and do this. But why shouldn't I? This is the right thing to do. This is a good thing to do. And that's what we're driving at when we talk about getting rid of self, filling ourselves with Jesus. Yeah, I would, I would go out on not too shaky of a limb in saying that those brothers and sisters in Christ who are truly selfless, they may not ever teach a big auditorium Bible class. They may never preach to hundreds or thousands of people, but they are making a mark that will be remembered long after the specifics of last Sunday morning sermon are long forgotten. Absolutely. And it's their, it's their example. Um, and there's so many behind the scene things. Uh, the person that just takes the time to write a card, the person that takes the time to pick up the phone and call somebody, the person that makes a food and sends it to some family that's in need. The, you know, no one makes them do that. Yeah. They do that because they're driven by Jesus. It's the right thing to do. Why shouldn't I do those things? Yeah. And that's, that's the clear thing we see. And, and what's driving, what's really behind a lot of this is a struggle we have with our culture. Because our culture is all about self. Uh, it, it's a very selfy kind of society we live in. Every, everyone's interested in themselves. What, what you say about me, what, what you think I look like, everything's about self. And so for the disciple, he's going the opposite direction. He's less interested in himself and more interested in God, more interested in other people. And that's the key. Years and years ago, there there was a uh, famous football player with the Chicago Bears named Gale Sayers, and he wrote a, a book about his life, and he titled that book, I Am Third. And, and what he meant by that book is in his life, God was number one, people were number two, and I am third. And that has always just stayed with me, that concept. That's the order it should be. Now, when I reverse reverse that, I can still have God in my life, but if God's second or God's third, 
then things are not going to be smooth as God wants them to be with me. So a great concept to remind ourselves in this moment of spring cleaning to get rid of self. It is. I, um, I'll end with this. You know, this time of year, you and I have both noticed outside of the church building here, there is more than one person that comes around and serves on Monday morning or Tuesday afternoon when not hardly anybody is here and the vast majority of people have no idea who it is. They're just quietly serving, doing what they can, weeding, pulling weeds from cracks in the parking lot, getting down and, and getting out things that, uh, you know, are, are unsightly over time, especially if they just keep growing until August. But if you pluck them while they're young, Young, they disappear and and they're they're very easily overlooked, right? Planting flowers that everybody's able to enjoy, but we have no idea where they came from. We just know they're beautiful. It, it reminds me of Jesus in the heart of his Sermon on the Mount when he says we need to beware of practicing us practicing our righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in, in heaven. When you, and you fill in the blank, whether it's giving to the needy or making some sort of a difference, Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's the exact opposite of selfishness. So spring cleaning, getting rid of anger, getting rid of the past, getting rid of lying, and getting rid of ourself in a sense of that attitude. We'll be a lot better people if we do that. And it's kind of like looking in your closets and you've got clothes hanging there that you can't even fit into anymore. You've got <laughs> shirts from high school days. You might have liked them back then, but you know what? It's time to hit the road on those things. Same thing with these things. And we'll be a better people, much more closer to the Lord when we get rid of these things and walk with Jesus, as the Bible says. Thanks for joining me, Roger, today, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best is yet to come.